Hey guys, before we get to the podcast, I just want to give you a quick um, update. We have a hookup for you. You want to get a free Sound the Sirens koozie, go to chewworks.com. Um, our dog's name is Tinsley, and we try to take care of her the best we can. Raw hides, we found out, aren't very good for dogs. So a buddy of mine started a company that has a, it's called a hold the chew, but you put a collagen chew in that they come with. And there's no way the dogs can chew, um, can choke on it. So, um, or there there's no way they can chew it all the way down and have problems with it. So go check it out. It's at chewworks.com. Use the promo code STC for Sound the Sirens, and you'll get a free koozie. Check it out. Brees Hall over the right side, powering in, touchdown Cyclones. Out to the 10, to the left side, to the 5, touchdown! Oh my goodness, what a touch Welcome back to another edition of Sound the Sirens. I'm your host, Thomas Ornis, and today I got my dad back in Humboldt, and we interviewed uh, I was a Humboldt legend, Another helmet legend from his name is Bruce Reimers. Another Iowa State legend. Too. Iowa State legend too. Yeah. Another Iowa State legend too. Yeah. He's in the Iowa State Hall of Fame. He's in the Iowa High School Hall of Fame. Ninety starts in the NFL. Um, played. Uh, he's the first team All Big Eight when he missed four games that year. Um, played in the Super Bowl with Boomer Esiason. Um, you know, not many guys can say they've played ten years in the NFL, and uh, we were lucky to get him on today. Yeah, he's a small town get kid, just like a lot of people listening to this who ended up playing the Super Bowl and being just a stud in the NFL. And uh, yeah, it was an honor of interview having to talk to him. And he was small, small town guy, but he is not a small guy. No, six seven, three hundred pounds when he was playing in the NFL. But he is a um, really super guy. Um, lucky he's still around and has a coached high school football and humble as a volunteer assistant for. I think it's volunteer for 20 years, and um, we're lucky to have him around still. Yeah, we uh, we go over a lot of things. We go over his career in the Bengals. We go over his getting to Iowa State, and we kind of bounce around all over the place. We, having having a local connection, we could talk about the humble days too. And uh, yeah, I think you guys will enjoy this one. So let's get to it. When all this happened, hell, I was back when Hayden Fry was the year that I came out of high school. Hayden Fry and Donnie Duncan first came. Right, yeah. Earl Bruce came and visited me in Humboldt for Iowa State. So that's how long ago it was that I played high school football. So Yeah, it was, uh, like they said, don't blink. It goes by in a heartbeat. You are it? correct at that. What's <laughs> that Kenny Chesney song? So uh, when you played, Iowa wasn't very good. Like, not when you are in high school, Iowa was still pretty bad. Was yeah, it around that time? Yeah. They were... Uh, uh, like 23 or whatever years of uh, losing program bad. Yeah, they were uh, – my senior year at high school, um, Hayden Fry had, hadn't been hired yet. Um, Earl Bruce was still the coach at Iowa State, and Jim Williams, who still 
This is a blast from the past. Jim Williams, who still coaches down at Dowling, was the offensive line coach at Iowa State, who had been recruiting me for all through my high school career. So I knew him real well. And then when all of the Earl Bruce leaving to go to Ohio State, um, was it Cummins? Was it Bob Cummins? Bob and, uh, Cummins was gone. So then they hired uh, Hayden Fry and. Um, God, I'm trying to think of the offensive line coach that, or defensive line coach that came um, here and pestered me for Iowa for four or five days, and and uh, Clovis Hale. Oh wow! So he was here, and and uh, yeah, they. It was it was kind of like being uh, recruited to to uh, like you were something special. I mean, they, they called you daily. They um, kind of catered to you like you were some something high class or something. But Recruiting back then was a different animal, right. wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, you probably talked to guys in the NFL that there was a lot more stuff going on behind the scenes than even yeah. there is today, right? Well, you know, I, I sit and I look at my phone and, I see that Iowa State or Iowa or Nebraska has got some kid from 2024 that's committed to him. It's like, oh, who really cares? <laughs> I mean, just because you commit to somebody doesn't mean that you're tied to them. Right. You can commit and decommit just as fast as you commit. So um, it's one of those deals that college sports has just went through the roof. And now with all this money um, – I don't even. Not saying that I'm. Uh, I would be against it because I really believe that the NCAA has been taking a lot of money for a long time, and people that you know, there's only a small fraction that make it through the that level. Um, they should be able to get some of that back. Look at NCAA basketball, or look at what the the college football playoffs do, or you know, it's just crazy money. Yeah, it's and I I think it kind of hit home to me when Thomas is one of his favorite thirty for thirties on ESPN was the Michigan Fab Five, and yeah. that's when Chris Weber was talking about I you know I couldn't afford a pizza, but then my jerseys hang in the bookstore window and right. people are making money off it and I don't get a penny. Well, when I that's not right. When I was in college, on Sunday night for training table they didn't give us a meal. You know, we got on Sunday night. On Sunday night, they didn't have a meal over at the towers, so they gave us five bucks. <laughs> so four of us would go together. Four offensive linemen lived together, and we would buy two large pizzas. At that time, we could get a Domino's pizza for less than ten bucks. So we'd split one, and it's like, you know, five dollars. You had to go. You had to tell them if, you, like, I came home that I was somebody else was picking up my five dollars. That's how tight the money was. Wow. And I drove a 76 Vega, so <laughs> I, I wasn't getting anything under the table. So you were you were playing with Carl Nelson. Yep. Right? Um, Brian Neal, who was a senior, I believe, when you were a freshman. Am I right? Yep. Okay. And Coach Williams, you said, is still coaching at Dowling? Still down at Dowling. So when I was in high school, so I'm five years younger than you. So I remember you playing in high school because I was an offensive lineman. 
back then. I went to Donnie Duncan's football camp in 1981, and Coach Williams was my our coach for that week. Yep. Um, so it was, you know, it's amazing how, you know, we're only five years apart, but back then when you're 18 and 14, right? it's a gargantuan thing. I can't believe it. I didn't know Coach Williams was still coaching. He's a still down super guy. And still helping with the offensive line. And, you know, I don't want to date him or anything, but, God, he's got to be getting into his mid-80s. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. Easily. I mean, but every time on Friday night I watch highlights because – Dowling Maroons are always on one of the, and you always see that. Yeah, there he goes. <laughs> and he's had, I mean, lighter hair forever too, yeah. right? So you can't tell if he's aged. No, he looks, he looks the same the as same he did in '81. Back when, back when I played, you know, that was just that's Coach Williams. So. Yeah. So uh, when you play, I'm from Humboldt. You're from Humboldt, so we have that connection, obviously. So like, I was just wondering because you were like a huge guy back then. So like. Just, like, going through my high school, like, any big guy, but, like, any big guy's skill. So, you probably had way more skill than everyone back then because, like, Northwest Iowa, it's kind of – did you just absolutely dominate? I, You know, I don't I don't know about absolutely dominate. <laughs> we had we had a group of kids that – I don't know how the hell we – pardon my French. That's right. I don't know how the hell we didn't win the state championship. Back then, um, Emmitsburg was on that run of uh, – they had a great group of kids that – Played football and wrestled. I think they won the state in wrestling like five or six years in a row. And they were they run that uh, quick attack offense. And we went up there and we played and and we had um, Jeff Dreyer and Mike Bunn and I mean some um, great big guys, Craig Budenhagen and and several. Tommy Law was our uh, quarterback and and Joe Felker um, was a tailback and. And just some awesome people, and the group in front of us with Kent Newell and and some of those guys. We never we lost one game in high school from our my eighth grade uh, season to my senior year, and that was when we were seniors. We lost to Algona High. We went up there and we were a little full of ourselves, and we got our butts handed to us and. And Coach Petit was not a very happy camper, but it, you know, we turned around and and uh, got beat uh, the following couple weeks later in, in by Emmitsburg. So, uh, so how would you compare it? To, you were on staff on the '06 team. On Humboldt was there with Tyler Nielsen, Alex Tatman, Jordan. Like, how would you compare that team to your team, like size wise? Was size wise, I think we were probably bigger. Um, but you got to remember, I only I only weighed uh, 220 when I was a senior. When I went to Ames, I my first week down there, I was less than 220. So, and I wrestled 180 at 220. But I was recruited as a defensive line uh, linebacker, and I loved to play defense. I mean, that was to me the the ultimate. I was an All American in high school as a linebacker. Um, because I just love to hit. And then when I went to Iowa State, my second or third uh, game, I tore my knee up and had a partially torn ACL. And back then they didn't do anything with them. So the doctor just said, you know, it's kind of like horse hair um, or a tail. They can't do anything until it completely tears. So basically 
just play until it either tears or we can fix it. So they moved me to offensive line, which Coach Williams was the coach. He'd recruited me, so he was tickled pink. And uh, the rest is history. I played, started at guard and uh, played the rest of my career. You started 11 games as a sophomore is what I read. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. that was a good move as far as probably where, you're, would you, where do you think your career would have gone if you would have stayed on the defensive line? Do you think it would have had any effect at all or – was the you know, offensive line kind of your niche? I think, on, depending on it, at what level, you know. Um, I remember going back then when I was a freshman, Chris Bosky was uh, all Big 8 uh, newcomer of the year. The, and he ended up tearing his knee up the following year. Um, so he kind of um, was gone. Um, but we had some unbelievable players that, you know, I was learning, learning the game, uh, learning the game on a different side of the ball. Um, but I always thought I played the, the game um, with a defensive mentality. You know, um, sometimes that, and God knows I, I don't claim to be a saint. You know, I don't <laughs> think my light's blinking. But uh, I just sometimes I, you had to kind of have to be a little off the wall to to play the game because if you don't somebody's going to try taking your head off and you know I I, I guess I re remember trying to explain that to kids that in high school because every year you play you don't know when that last game is going to be and I, I was blessed to have the ability to play you know from eighth grade to my senior year then I played five years at Iowa State and then I got to play 10 more years to a game that I dearly love and, and I, to this day, I still love it. I t I've always told my wife that, you know, a couple of years after I retired, um, if you come home and this dates you, if you come home and the cord for the phone's hanging down, <laughs> I'll let you know where I'm at. Because if someone calls and says, we want you to come play in Denver or Dallas or yeah. wherever it is, I'm gone. And she's like, well, I don't, you don't know, uh, I'm gone. Because I, I, you know, the first couple of years, I just missed the game that much. And now it's just one of those deals that I barely, rarely watch professional football, but I love college football and I love high school football. So, so you taught, you mentioned your wife. So I, I've, I've lived in Humboldt 20 years, and so we've got a lot of mutual friends. So there's a lot of urban, urban legends that I hear. I hear that about when you, get, when you got married in Humboldt, how many Bengals showed up to your wedding? Uh, we had a couple. I had a couple <laughs> that uh, this was kind of, um, it was one of those deals that we got married and it was just going to be a private, you know, both her family and my family and, you know, just get married and get it over with and nothing, nothing, no hoopla and all this. Well, um, then I found out Brian and Joe, Brian Blados and Joe Walter were coming. So, you know, they come and and I got pictures at home of their their uh, the suit and Joe looked like they had sprayed his suit on him. Um, <laughs> his tight his jacket was that tight, um, but yeah, they were they were there and they showed up at the church. So it's like all my friends from Iowa State. Well, why can't we come? Well, I didn't say you couldn't come. <laughs> Just it was a family deal. Well, they showed up. Well, yeah, but what am I going to do? Throw them out of the church? Right, right. So yeah, we had a couple of, couple of them show up. And so did Boomer come? 
No. Oh, no. See, that's a legend. I was. I had heard no. that he flew in and flew out that day. No, Boomer or uh, uh, that year, Anthony came. My oldest brother still lives in Ogden. Was yep. a teacher down there, and somehow, well, Brian got his uh, Anthony's number. And called him and and uh, invited him to come to Iowa, and he did a, you know, a presentation for for kids. You know, Anthony's a uh, person that uh, still does a lot for the community and and of Cincinnati and all over the country. And he ended up coming out to Iowa and and uh, did a deal at their church or at their uh, school, and ended up. Uh, I went down there and spent a few hours and. And uh, so he has been out here, but Boomer wasn't here. No. So also as a legend, one of the was there, I, no, I, those two names you mentioned I don't recognize. But did you have a wide receiver that came as well for the wedding? For the Bengals, yeah. No, okay. No. There was a legend going around that one of the receivers was there sitting at the pine, put lotion on his hands to keep his hands soft to catch the <laughs> ball. And so I always have to every time I hear stories like that, I have to filter them out. Well, a bit, so I. I do know that you probably don't remember, but remember the Doozy Burger? Yeah. Um, Joe and Blades were, and that the only hotel was, well, there was two hotels where the Amp Parade is now, and and the other one, uh, the Beacon and the Cozy Corner, and they stayed at the Beacon. And, of course, both of them are six seven, and <laughs> they had a the bed, and I took them up to the hotel that night, and... Joe laid down on the bed, and his feet are sticking off the bed about this far. And so the next day, I, well, we'll go grab something to eat. So we went to Doozy Burger. And Dave was in there, and and he was cooking. And they said, well, what do you want? Joe says, I'll have, they said, roasted chicken. He says, I'll have chicken. Well, do you want a quarter or you want a half? And Joe says, no, I want chicken. And she's like, do you want a quarter or a half? And Joe says, I want a chicken. He ate <laughs> Four the whole quarters. chicken. The yeah. whole. And she's like, we've never had anybody do that. And Joe's <laughs> like, I want the chicken. <laughs> oh, well. So uh, I think you're the only person humbled, obviously, to play in a Super Bowl. So, like, just take us through that, just playing in a Super Bowl. You know, I. this is the strangest uh, thing because um, my daughter – one of my daughters, uh, Amy, was less than a year old, so it was kind of like the uh, ultimate in in every year. You start out, you work all summer, you run, you lift, you get as best condition because it's like a meat market when you go there. They got hundred people every week. They cutting people, and you see that you know on your phone now. Tebow got cut in the last day or oh, so. Oh, did he? And, I didn't see that. And uh, so it, every day you're constantly worried. You're trying to remember plays. You're, do I, am I going to make it? Am I not going to make it? Am I going to get cut? You know, the, they always called it the Turk. The guy comes and knocks on your door, and they always do it in the morning. So you'd hear the, the dreaded hot knock. Well, is that our door? No, because you had a roommate. And, and uh, But it was one of those years that everything just clicked. We, we got to training camp. Um, we didn't have any major injuries in camp, which that always sets teams back. Um, we were a group that had been together for three, four, five years. Um, we started out, I don't know, seven or eight and oh. 
and then I think we lost one game, and then we ran a few more off, and, and uh, we ended up getting home field advantage. Um, we, we started out the season, we played Buffalo in the preseason, we played Buffalo in the regular season, and we played Buffalo in the AFC Championship. All of them were at home, hmm. just because of the, the fact. I'm, I'm almost positive the, the home game or the uh, regular season was home. But we played them all at home, and we had that, you know, Buffalo was, you know, they play up there in the cold and whatnot, but uh, it was one of those years that just uh, unbelievable. But anyway, here, back to my daughter a couple of years ago, where, you know, everybody gets together on the Super Bowl, and we're sitting there, and Amy looks at me, and she goes, you know, Dad, one of these days I'd like to watch your Super Bowl. And looked at her like, what? She goes, I've never seen your Super Bowl. And I said, I've never seen it. Yeah. I've never watched the whole so, thing. I've watched, I can play it in my head. I've seen clips of it. And Coach Van Pelt, you know, every year when they're running, he'll tell me, see me at church and say, hey, I watched the Super Bowl the other night. Well, and I said, I, I guess I've never, I have the ring and I hardly ever wear it. Hmm. Partly because it on a... Uh, after the ring was fitted, I broke this finger, and it doesn't fit on my finger. So I wear it, when I do wear it, I wear it on my little finger, and I don't feel comfortable. I'm afraid I'll lose it. So, But it was, you know, it was down in Miami. Um, At the old Orange Bowl, I'm assuming? Must no, it was it Joe Robbie. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. Joe Robbie was fairly new. Okay. Um, remember, they baseball season had, gotten over and they re-turfed the infield and ended up losing uh, two. Timmy Crumry broke his leg and uh, Harris Barton for the 49ers, I think it was Harris Barton, broke his leg. So we had two broken legs before halftime. Holy miracle. Um, because the turf was so loose and uh, coming up and, I mean, chunks is bigger, half as big as this table. So we... Um, it was just one of those games that I really, you know, um, growing up as a kid, that was all I ever dreamt of is I come home from church on Sunday and I come back then. We only had one TV and, you know, the changer back and forth, maybe C to CBS and, and uh, before ESPN. And so you'd sit and watch TV Sunday. And that's what I dreamed of is someday getting a chance to, well, I got to live out my childhood dream and play a game that I dearly love. So uh, it was the best blessing that the good Lord ever, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I have a great group of kids that I, and grandchildren. So <laughs> at one time it was the best, <laughs> best blessing. So so you played, was it Joe Montana or Steve yeah. Young? Jo Joe Montana. Montana. Yeah. And Ronnie Lott was probably in uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. The whole, you know, the whole... Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. Good Lord. That's Taylor. <laughs> um, you know, everybody says, well, it was, was that the, what was the, what was the drive? You know, um, we had, we had the ball or we had Lewis Billups. Uh, they ran that out or post across the middle and like three minutes to go in the game and it hit. Uh, our defensive back right here, right in the hands, and he dropped the ball. Mm. 
four plays later, they run the same play, and our DB is nowhere. John Taylor touchdown. So we get the ball back with like 50 seconds left and moved the didn't get didn't get anywhere and ended up lost 20 to 16. So but, you know, I'll never forget the walking into the locker room and of course, you know, we're down here low as you can be and and Sam Weish walks in and and thinking that, you know, everybody felt terrible. And Sam looked at us and he says, you know, I guarantee you the sun will come up tomorrow. I can almost promise that the sun will come up. We all feel terrible. We all wish it would have went our way. But by God, the next morning, you know, the sun did come up. And <laughs> we started working our way back towards the, got back on the plane, went, flew back to Cincinnati, got on a bus, had to drag us into town, make us drive into for the welcome home. Even though we lost, they the people were still there. They still loved us, and and it was one of them deals. But you know, just that close. Still an unbelievable memory. I mean, yeah. even though you know <clears throat> how many people on this planet can say they played in the Super Bowl. I mean, not very many. No, it was it was an unbelievable event. It was a. Uh, you know, that was the uh, beginning, I think, of something that um, <laughs> I remember back when we start or Sam put this idea together of the no-huddle offense. And then Buffalo ends up, before the, the AFC championship, they petitioned the NFL – trying to get us not to be able to run the no-huddle offense because they said it was should should be illegal. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. To... Yeah, they were mad. So up until like three hours before the game, we were in limbo whether we could run the ball uh, with no huddle. So then they said, yep, we've been letting them do all year. Why would we right. change it right now? So then the ironic thing is, is Buffalo comes full circle and they do their own version, end up going to the next four Super Bowls, doing the same thing we were doing. And it was just like, you know, um, it's all right if we do it, but so anyway. So you were, um, so you've probably, I've seen pictures of you and Campbell together. At the, there's, we've talked to him several times, I'm assuming. I've, have you heard much about our current offensive line? I mean, he say, came out and said that we've got 11 starters. Yeah, I mean, sound well, I just heard this morning that you know they had I can't even remember which one they interviewed, but um, their comment was is in the years before the offensive line has been one of the negative or one of the weaker links, and this year they are considered to be one of the premier lines in the Big Twelve, and I'm thinking, wow. You know, um, of course, when you have a running back that does what they, what Hall has done, um, and the last few years they've, they've, uh, they have reason to beat on their chest. Um, I just wish they'd do some. I'm not used to this, you know, position blocking. We, I mean, even when I caught 
taught them up here, um, I had to go through the steps of a zone block and you form, use your forearm, you use your hips, you use your, and then you come off to the next guy and, and these guys, and, and it's the way the, they do in the league now and the NFL too, they kind of position like if I'm blocking this microphone, you just kind of off and right. trying to basketball pick and pick and roll or screen them. And my offensive line coach in Cincinnati would have had a heart attack if you'd seen us block like that. That's just not what they. How, how, what are your thoughts on like how they use the tight ends to block? Well, I, I maybe slide in just a little bit, just so you're a little closer to this. Okay, I, I, you're talking Iowa State. Yeah, I think that uh, the way they use their tight end is awesome. I mean, I when you have guys that they do with, uh, um, and their catching ability. Um, it's kind of like uh, we used to call it um, the Weebies because when we got into, and I'm talking in Cincinnati, when we get down on short yardage or goal line, we had uh, seven offensive linemen. And we just said, we're going, we, we'd be scoring. That's kind of the way they are down there with their tight ends because their tight ends, um, they really don't know how to do. Do we cover them as a... Uh, blocking person, and then they sneak out, and they were standing in the end zone, or standing past the first yard uh, down marker. Or uh, I, I, I really like the the package that they run with that group of people, and they're all really smart too. I mean, yeah. you hear them talking about all engineers. I mean, and so that's you know, you got guys that are as big as you were playing defensive line, but now they're running. Right. Patterns and everything else. And hands. They have hands that, I mean, they, they all have the ability to catch. And, and uh, so uh, it's, my seats are in the. Uh, the suit cup, aren't they? Suit cup, yeah. Yep. That's what I thought, yeah. And unfortunately, they're right at the goalpost height. So I have to sit either oh, yeah. low or, uh, <laughs> but I, I really like the idea of, of, being down lower so you can see what they're trying to do and what they're because you get a get a running back and and they've got several more that are learning you know that you just let the offensive linemen get their position or get their and those creases and the cutbacks and I love to watch the running game uh, unfold and it's kind of like a chess match you know sure it is yeah I, I think you know I We've had years where we've had, you know, a good starting group. But the th probably the thing, I mean, I've always said for years that we, until we get the offensive line figured out, we're going to struggle to take the next level, next step. Right. It sounds like we've got to figure it out. But I also think now we're not that one rolled ankle away from taking a giant step backwards. It sounds like our depth is much better right. on all sides of the ball. Well, you matter. look at the Chiefs last year going into the playoffs and – and get to the Super Bowl, and the tackle popped his Achilles, and it was their Achilles. Game changer, yeah. I mean, it, yep. it actually, you know, you put um, somebody in a position that hasn't played much, and, and you, don't, you don't know how but all of a sudden, at tackle position, you're a vulnerable position when uh, quarterback's trying to set up, and especially his blind side when he is worried that, who's coming and you start hearing footsteps and then you start sailing stuff and, and whatnot. So 
that sixth, seventh player, uh, it's it's very important for him to to get in during the year, playing crucial downs and and to be able to step in when someone does something like that. So, just like in a broad sense, where like how, how Campbell's taken Iowa State to the heights that we've never seen. Like, did you even think that was possible when growing up? But like from from now until then, you know, <laughs> I I watched from. A recruit standpoint, uh, when I when I was being recruited at Iowa State, Iowa State had been to like four bowl games with Earl Bruce. Iowa hadn't done nothing twenty some years; they hadn't won anything. Hayden Fry comes in and changed the whole outlook, changed the way that people talk, changed the way that people thought about Iowa. And you know, um, I'll never forget when Hayden Fry came to uh, my mom and dad's house. I invited uh, Jeff Michelson, who was, uh, played for the Hawks, and I invited him over because I said, hey, I want you to listen to this guy when he starts talking. And so Hayden comes, starts telling us that this is what I did in Texas, this is the way we did it in here, and this is how we're going to do it here, and I'm going to come and we're going to win. And I'm thinking, you guys haven't won nothing. <laughs> You haven't won nothing in 20-some years, and you're coming in here saying, we're going to win. So he gets done. He leaves. I turn and look at Jeff. I said, so what would you think? Jeff's just sitting there, and he looks at me. He goes, I think he's off his, out of his mind. <laughs> and seriously, he says, we haven't won in a long time. And I'm like, I know. It, but the guy, his... Just his attitude, it was like his will to win, and by God, they did. Yeah. And I've always said, if I'd have went to Iowa, Iowa State would have went to four Orange Bowls in a row, continued what they'd already started. But I, I just felt comfortable going to Ames because of Coach Williams, and um, that was the guy that had been recruiting me. So I just, you know, I think that, Coach Campbell has done the same thing. He's got players that, even though they might not be, as they say, a four- or five-star recruit, but they come in here and you get that gel and you get that mix and you get that, you know, whether it's basketball or whoever, that kid that can stand out there and hit that jump shot, pull the defense away, and all of a sudden it's a whole different game. You know, it's the same way in football. You get that tight end that, He's block, 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 and all of a sudden, boom, he sneaks down the sideline. He runs 40 yards, and he's got flipping wide receiver speed. Um, we got a, a running back that he just has this third gear that, man, he just goes. Uh, I just sit there and think, man, I wish I could have had one more year eligibility. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was. It, it's fun to watch. It's fun to to see, and it's it's – you can tell just the enthusiasm that there's a lot of expectations, but with expectations, you know, you still got to play one game at a time. You still got to go out and beat you and I and don't get overconfident and just do the things you're supposed to do. So, and we'd hopefully, hopefully are not dealing with COVID stuff as much as we were last yeah. year. I mean, I, I can't imagine as a coaching staff trying to deal with, trying to worry about kids last fall because we really didn't even know what we we're dealing with. I'm not sure we still do, but 
having them work out, you know, in garages at different places, trying to keep them spread out. I mean, that had to be a major challenge. Well, you look at Iowa and they're first, first they weren't having a season. Then they were having a season. Then we're having a condensed season. I mean, how do you keep kids, uh, you know, nothing against younger kids, but it's hard to hard enough to keep them busy, but yet grounded enough to know that, well, we, we might be playing in two weeks or we're going to be playing in two weeks or now all of a sudden somebody tests positive and you're going to start. And no, well, now I guess he can play. So I, like you say, it's, it's like a putting a together, a jigsaw, the puzzle that you don't have any idea what the picture even looks well, like. Well, two years ago, think about, you know, we're going, we're in a normal year and now we had to deal with COVID last year. Now we're dealing with COVID and the name, image, and likeness thing. Yep. And that's all been thrown on the coaches because the name, image, and likeness thing, they still haven't got figured out exactly how they're going to regulate it. And no. hopefully you're bringing some of the under-the-table stuff above the table possibly, but it's still – and I'm just an outsider looking in. It still looks like it could be a mess if somebody doesn't get their hand around it. Well, I don't, I don't know if they'll ever get the figured out for – you know, the Alabamas, the the Clemsons, the, the upper level. And I to be honest, I really believe that's the reason why Texas and Oklahoma jump ship because they believe that they're way up here and they should be playing in that caliber. I don't – I think that um, Texas is probably over their head. They've spent more money in the last couple of years with a coach and buying a coach's contract out and hoping that they can make it work. And but I guess we like like Coach Campbell said, we're not worried about that. Let's just get ready to play and let all that stuff sort. Let Jamie Pollard earn his money. Um, <laughs> let the rest of the ads and the because I think they're going to put together uh, a conference. And if they don't, they're going to find a place with the. Any conference in America that looked at Iowa State and said, we don't want them, would be really foolish. I mean, right. that's my opinion. you got a beautiful facility. Um, you have unbelievable crowds, and it's a draw. So, you know, Iowa's a unique place. There isn't a whole hell of a lot to do in the fall um, in Iowa other than go to a Iowa Iowa State or you and I and enjoy football or drive a combine or drive a combine and listen to them. <laughs> right, you that's know? how I grew so, up. Yeah. So, uh, like back when you played, we probably had significantly less fans than we do now. So, like with your like Earl Bruce area, that kind of like showed a flash of what Iowa State could be. And then like Hayden Fry obviously just tormented us for twenty years or whatever, and then he finally reti- retired. And then Coach Mack came in and. Kind of relit Iowa State, into, right. and then we've been on the edge numerous yeah. times. I mean, Coach Mack, um, Coach uh, Coach Rhodes. Rhodes yep. uh, I mean, they they were. It was like uh, driving a car that eight cylinders were running. I mean, it was running perfect, and then all of a sudden we have one that sputtered, and then you'd lose the game. And and but it was one of those deals that I I really believe that we we've been close for a long time. Um, just think that Coach Campbell has stayed the, the course um, a lot like Coach Fry did. Um, 
And Coach Campbell, he's just he's not out beating the you know his chest, telling everybody how he just like a guy that brings his lunch pail every day, walks in, sets it down, starts watching film. Hey, I got an idea. We're gonna do this, and he does it, and it we all love him. So I guess I'm I'm all for um, uh, there's there's enough athletes in this country to we can all be good. As long as it's the cardinal and gold, and and because uh, we we deserve having a few few good years here to to, uh, and I, I'm excited to see what we've got coming. So isn't, isn't it crazy? Like, it doesn't really matter how good we are. We usually sell out the first couple of games. We could literally go 0 and 12 the year before, but we're playing you and I. We have a full stadium. I think that's what different. That's what's different between Iowa State fans and like. USC fans, for yep. example, or Baylor, yeah. or I mean, or some of these other. I mean, they they said I heard today that that uh, if you look at our TV ratings, I believe we we would have been the number three. We would have ranked third in the Pac-12 last year. Oh, yeah. and, oh wow! And and uh, Oklahoma State would have been fourth. Huh. And so those two brands alone for football, I think you're right. I mean, I think we're going to find a home, well, regardless. And like Ryan Harkless said, everybody just needs to relax and enjoy the moment. And, let Jamie and those guys figure it out. That's right, and that's the that's the reason that they will find a home. I mean, it's it's bound to happen. Um, and I guess let those other two uh, wander off, and because <laughs> you know um, nobody nobody knows what's really going to happen, but we all know that Oklahoma is going to be good. Oh, I mean, sure. They yeah. they. Uh, they their name sells themselves every year, uh, so I guess every every week we got to get ready to play, and we can't overlook anybody. And you just pray the injury bug doesn't uh, jump up and take somebody. That but it's always been the next one ready. Uh, roll an ankle, tweak a knee, uh, hit a concussion protocol. I mean, there's been so much change since I played. I mean, it was like, can you? Yeah, see? what was concu- what was concussion <laughs> protocol back then? Can you stand up? Can you up? see <laughs> how many fingers do I got? That's two. Oh, that's close. Go back in. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have a clue how many concussions I ever had, or if I ever did. I mean, there's days that you'd fly home from the West Coast. <laughs> you had a headache when you walked off the field. You had a headache when you got on the plane. You had a headache when you got home. That was on a three-hour flight, and then the next day it was like, God, my head's still killing me. <laughs> so I guess, you know, I don't know. Uh, we all keep our fingers crossed. And, you know, the scary thing is I've got some players that uh, have, it, have, it, have had issues that, you know, with their uh, thinking. And I guess right now I'm uh, – I just hope the game doesn't – get so tarnished I, I it irks me so much to see you know uh a guy a linebacker i mean how do you teach tackling anymore when a linebacker comes up and clearly hits the guy you know it's full contact still full contact sport and he get clearly hits the guy but a de- uh, defensive back referee from clear over on the other side this flag comes flying in like it was air mailed, you know, cause he just saw right. the, and, and I, I'm not advocating 
spearing, targeting, or whatever. But by the same token, if if a call, because I think we've got the shaft on several. Well, but what about the Ashim Young thing? Oh I mean, my God! I mean, he hits like your generation. I mean, he comes in and but, like, and that would I mean when he we've talked about it before in this that. You know, he, he's so much fun to watch. When he got knocked out of the Big 12 championship game at the beginning, it was horrendous. I mean, I, I, it just – and it, if you're going to have that rule, then by God, somebody have the guts to stand up and say, we screwed up. That that call should not have – and you can't have a 35-minute delay because these guys are out there and they're all frothing at the mouth, wanting to keep going and, you know – Somebody's got to be watching that, and somebody's got to make a decision. And you don't have to have a sh- two shots from the blimp and three from underground <laughs> to make sure that it was the right call. Just make a call, and let's live with it. I think you and I could sit here in, a, in our living room and make those calls. Yeah. As many times, in many different angles, they show people. The thing that Zoe and Thomas gets tired of me complaining about this, that any time, like in a basketball game, in a Pierce in football, I'm hoping they've got this figured out, they're giving them an iPad – to try to review this thing on. And I'm sitting in front of my 55-inch television, and I get a much better view at it than these guys looking at these little things on the sidelines or whatever. Hopefully now I think they're putting it in the booth to give them better, uh, a little bit bigger angles to look at. But, I mean, the Sheem Young thing, I'm never going to get over that because I just felt it so a, bad for it him. It was the third play of the game. Right. So you're basically suspending it for one game over one hit. Yeah. And he then he sits the next – they didn't intend. He like lowered his shoulder, and he the guy just fell into his. Yeah, his and head I, just fell into his I, shoulder. I, you know, if he had left his feet and come off launched like him. he launched himself as a projectile, and you know, then clearly nobody wants to see somebody's spine. You know that they come off and they, Daryl Stingley type thing yeah. or something like that. Nobody wants that in a game, but by the same token. You can't take the hitting out of the defensive player and, you know, because it's, it's the same thing for offensive linemen, you know. How do how does an offensive lineman block? Well, they use the crown of their head. Right. I mean, most of the time, the, the first contact is with the head. And I know that, you know, um, I did it for a long time. And back when I played, we did that shit every day. <laughs> we didn't have – like they do now, they can only hit twice a week. Right. It's like what? I would say put I would say put full pads on for the first time today. Yeah, and and that's the part that it's like, my God, I think that's right. My offensive line coach and the defensive line coach, we had Thursdays that were shorts and shoulder pads that we ended up going full speed because somebody screwed up and well, we got a hit. It's like, what do you mean we got a hit? We have a game in two days. No, nope, we got to hit. We got it's got to be more than a thud. Uh, okay. <laughs> and you know, now that's kind of a they have certain days they can hit and certain days they can't. And, and I uh, I grew up too early. It's the same way with the money. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So it's like with the CT and all that, or is like the NFL doing a good job? Since your era, you know, probably know more about that than I do. Like, are they is that league taking care of your generation? You think? I think that, you know, um, we had, we've had numerous. Uh, I get emails. I could probably find two on my phone in the last month that uh, the players' association um, works with uh, several different 
medical colleges or universities that, you know, if you think that you're having issues, we have a number, call them. Um, last year, I think it was last, maybe it was the year before, I can't remember. I got, got an email from, asked if I'd do a survey on, you know, if I have headaches, if I have um, memory lapses and whatnot. So I'll call this number while I was talking to this lady and and we got to visiting and and of course you know me I have to give her a bad time and she says well um, is there times that you know you forget things well yeah I'm to that age where sometimes I walk into the other room and it's like what did I walk in here for but everybody does that yeah I mean I do that now and I didn't play in the Super Bowl and she says well do you ever did you ever have uh, do you ever have time that you know you um, just flat out you know, you, your head hurts, or I said, well, my wife tells me all the time that I don't have any brains, and, <laughs> and this and this lady, she's trying not to laugh, you know, she's on the phone, and, and I says, I'm giving you a bad time. She goes, well, you're, you're making it hard on this interview to, to, to not to laugh. I said, you know what, I'd be the first one, and if it wasn't for flying out there, I wouldn't mind going and having some of their tests just to see. Because, like I said, I've had players that I played with that have had issues, and it's kind of scary. Yeah. But by the same token, um, I get up every day and I function, and I, you know, I, you know, I've had, I have some of the, my hands, uh, but I, I've also had carpal tunnel surgery, and my fingers kind of tingle, and you know, and then you read, and so I, I think the league does as well as they can. But by the same token, there's you know it's a full contact sport, so you you're gonna have some of that stuff. So you want let's get back to your Iowa State days a little bit. You started off. This is this is kind of the mind blowing thing to me. You recruited by Earl Bruce, mm-hmm. so everybody knows what his career his career went. Played mm-hmm. for Donnie Duncan, then you pay for Jim Kreiner. Yep. So that's kind of the. I mean, am I wrong by saying that was kind of a downhill slide a little bit as far as the coaching side of things or am i well reading that as too much of a fan no earl bruce was at our house and the following week um was walking out the door down at the olsen building the old facility on his way to accept a job in in uh, ohio state and a few weeks later um donnie duncan was on his way who was one of Barry, Barry Switzer's, Switzer's uh, right-hand coaches. Assistants, yeah. So he came. He came, and Hayden Fry was like the same week. So they both were here, and both universities were new. And four years later, um, as a redshirt senior, uh, Donnie was gone, and... Jim Kreiner came, and of course I was a red shirt guy, and ended up uh, playing for him. Um, I don't know. I, I think we were. I'm not asking to throw anybody. I'm not asking you to throw anybody under no, the bus. No, I'm but not I mean, throwing just... anybody under the bus. But I, you know, I, I also remember that. Uh, you remember, was it Tracy Hellickson? The Henderson. Henderson, Tracy Anderson. Yeah, he was an yeah. All American. Yeah, right. As a wide receiver. And 
he still holds up, records. Yeah. Yeah, he ended up off the team because oh, I of forgot dis- about that. Of uh, <laughs> uh, not abiding by rules, which was part of the reason why, you know, Iowa State had some issues was forgot about so that. I guess to be honest, um, I don't hold any grudges against anybody. I Coach Williams was my offensive line coach for five years. Um, I I knew what to expect with him. I knew you weren't late for practice. You better be ready to practice, and we were going to hit almost every day. So with Coach Williams, you knew what you got. And whether the head coach, at that level, you deal more with your position right. coach than you deal with the head coach. So, so you had – wasn't one of your position coaches Mac Brown at one time? Uh-huh. Mac Brown was our offensive coordinator. Yeah, we had some – we had uh, – well, we went to uh, – we went down and played Tennessee. Was it my second year? We went down and played Tennessee the year of the World's Fair. I don't remember what year it was. In, in Nash, uh, Knoxville, the World's Fair is going on. Reggie White was a junior, and we kicked a field goal or attempted a field goal at the end of the game with time expiring, and we missed the field goal and should have beat him. Wow. And, you know, that's just the hit and miss of – so then we come back, and I don't remember. That was the year we lost to Pacific. So it was just like – one week you play at this level, and the next week you were down. So we just weren't um, as a group. Uh, and we had some awesome people. Dwayne Crutchfield, yeah. and David Archer, who played yeah. for the NFL. The NFL Falcons for a long time. For the Falcons for yeah. a long time. He was my quarterback. Um, Carl Nelson was the right tackle. Uh, he played for the Giants for several years. At least one Super Bowl. Um, Ted Clapper was the other guard. Uh, he was the right guard. Uh, Myers was the center. I was the left guard, and Brian Neal was the left tackle. And he, ch- he played with Austin Arnott's dad, too, right? Yes, John he did. Arnott? Johnny Arnott. Yeah. Yep. And he played, what was it, the LA Express or something like that in the, the USFL. Right, the USFL. Right, that's right. So, who was the best player you played against? You remember? Was it Jerry Rice? Was it Steve Young? Uh, I don't know. It's I like, never had to worry about them. I was yeah. too worried about <laughs> getting my ass run over by Howie Long or, uh, you know, uh, every people ask me that all the time. Who was the best? Well, you know, in my in our division, um, we had Michael Dean Perry for at Cleveland. He played on the inside, so he was either over the left guard or the right guard. Um, my uh, the refrigerator's brother, oh, five yeah. times the player that the refrigerator was. His brother got all the notoriety. Michael Dean was the lunchbox guy. Come to work, I'm gonna beat the dog out of you. And it was a great game. Um, played against Howie Long. I played against uh, some. I mean, every week it wasn't like well, this week we're playing. Kansas State, and that guy's not very good, and, and I don't want any people from Kansas State saying, well, <laughs> that's, that, okay. that's a guy's a – but, you know, it wasn't – it was never one of them deals that, whoo, 
got the week off here because this guy's really not good. I mean, I played, uh, somebody asked me this yesterday. When I was a, uh, a rookie, you probably don't remember this. You can Google it when I are done. <laughs> um, remember the movie uh, Joe Klecko was in with, was it Burt Reynolds and uh, Klecko for the Jets? Yeah, I know. This guy, I mean, he was just this, built like a brick, you know what? <laughs> and in the, the movie, um, Terry Bradshaw has a flat tire on this car, and Klecko goes like this and picks it up. They changed the tire. And this guy was that strong. Well, my first year, first game that I ever played, we played the Jets. And I'm playing against Klecko. Klecko was about six foot tall. Well, I'm six seven. So every time towards the end of the uh, half, we're passing the ball. And, and every time I'd go to pass block him, boom, I'd hit him in the face. And he got started getting mad. Don't hit me in the face. Don't hit me in the face mask. Well, you're short. You're short. I can't <laughs> help it. So about four times he tells me that. And the next thing you know, um, they call another pass. I hit him in the face again. And he goes like this. He grabs my jersey like this. And he picks me up. And picks you feet, up off the ground? My, I'm off the ground. My feet are like this hanging. And he's like, I told you, rookie, don't hit me in the face. <laughs> and Anthony Munoz is there, and he goes, come on, Joe, leave him alone. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just hanging there like, like I do to my grandkids. You're 6'7", 270 seven. Oh, something, I'm, right? 290? 290. Yeah. And he just, don't do that. So, you know, every, every game was like a war, you know. It was like your own little battle. Um, and you had to... If I had to pick, I, I got to play against some of the best. Um, I know the, the Steelers were in our division, so uh, Lambert and Ham and all oh, those wow. guys were gone. Um, mean oh, Joe Green yeah. was already um, gone. But, you know, I hear, hear all the stories about when they, these guys were good. It's just kind of takes your breath when you think about how, how they were and – and back in the old days, and so, I, to be honest, I couldn't tell you who was the best. The, the kid from Philadelphia that was killed in that car accident, uh, when he played, uh, when Reggie White was out there, God, I can't remember. His I can't name. remember his name either. He was killed in a car accident, and he was good. He would have been uh, easily one of the best defensive linemen in the league. And he only played one or two years, and then he ended up in a car accident, and was killed, and and uh, yeah, I, I had my history mixed up for a second. You started rattling off the Steelers, I thought, but I forgot that those guys are just a little bit before just yep. your time. Yep, there wasn't a kid from Algona. There wasn't no. Uh, your best player you ever played against wasn't from Algona. Well, he wasn't. He didn't play from Algona. <laughs> well, you know, I guess. Uh, we all remember different games that in high school and and Coach you, Newell had a lot of the video because back then, you know, it was on yeah. the reels. <laughs> right. They had to go to develop at Walmart. Yeah, you'd have to have it developed. And at one time, Coach Newell had it, and we were going to get some of that and put it, uh, watch some of the video and just to see what it was like and and. Uh, Back in the ancient times, but 
It was a lot of fun. So you were a 6'7", 225 wrestler in high well, school. Well, I was – I actually – I graduated. I was 6'4", so oh, I grew okay. three inches at, down at Iowa State, and I went from about 225, 224, somewhere in there, to my senior year, I think I was 270 – Started camp, I was 259 or 260, and by the end of the season, I was about 270. So how on God's green earth were you putting on weight, getting five bucks on Sunday night for a pizza? <laughs> I mean. Well, I guess I uh, once I got the uh, ability to, you know, down there, you remember Charlie Bunn. Yeah. Um, I remember him teaching us to, to lift weights over in the junior high and – our weight program in Humboldt, he'd fill up coffee cans had with concrete and put bars in them, and that's what we'd use for dumbbells. Holy mackerel. And, you know, Coach Bunn, he was kind of the innovator of this is how we're going to start lifting and we're going to start training and we're going to start, and it's like, wow. And I remember doing that stuff, and it was then um, between him and Joe Fitch and 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 then uh, Petit and Petit was uh, my junior year was the an assistant and then Leo McElrath retired so then Bob took the head job and then after we left or my senior year then Bob went down to somewhere down Southern Iowa for Prince Shenandoah Shenandoah yeah. So when you when you went to Iowa State though, I mean Ryan Harklaw was telling me they were lifting. I mean this is a late nineties. Oh, yeah. They're lifting the basement of State Gym. Was that yeah. where you were lifting too? Yeah, we used to. That was our indoor facility. Wow. Yeah, we'd have to go over there and run and during the winter for winter conditioning. Yeah, it was terrible. So now I walk in there and I've oh been through that and it's like this is unbelievable. I mean I can't even imagine their facilities down there made anything that I played in the NFL like unbelievable we played in cincinnati our practice facility was next to the sewage treatment plant <laughs> and i'm not kidding wow. you one bit there was days that if the wind was the right direction and the, the oh smell my. coming off of the boomer was just like we can't do this <laughs> and sam would be we got to do this well the sewage treatment and there was another plant and now they got this facility right next to their brand new stadium, which is right next to the Reds' new stadium, which isn't brand new anymore. But I hadn't been out there since I left in '91. So when we went out a couple of years ago for the Super Bowl reunion, it was kind of a wow. This is really nice. This is really. So do you have a with Campbell and his Ohio connections? Has there been any? I mean, connecting the dots with you in Cincinnati, I mean, and the Ohio ties with him? I mean, or is that just, that's just completely no, I don't, happenstance? No, I don't, I don't have I know you told me one time that Marvin Lewis had called you, like, for a mentoring program with the Bengals. Am I not remembering that right? He, you know, I I visited with him. I guess I, I don't remember how at all they had talked, but... I don't, I don't remember the, the whole deal, yeah. um, and I got to meet him. I guess the last when we went out for the Super Bowl reunion, okay. 
was actually my first time ever meeting with him. So, but you getting back to humble. That's just kind of where I was going originally. But you were a state champion wrestler, correct? Ooh. No, another another. Steve, Urban, Steve was. My oh, brother. was your brother? Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I got beat first. I mean, I wrestled 185 pounds, so I'd get done with football, 220, and I'd cut from 220 to 185, because Jeff Dreyer. 40 pounds. Yep. Jeff Dreyer was the heavyweight, and then my the year after we graduated, then they came up with the super heavyweight. Oh. So I cut my junior year, and I qualified for the state, and I got beat the first round. Well, back then, if you got beat the first round, you were done. So I got beat, and then the following year, I thought, well, I'll try it again, and I got, I started, and I got down to 200 pounds, and I just, I said, you know, this is really stupid for me, because I'm, I've already got a scholarship to play football, and that's what I want to play, right. but I loved wrestling, so when I got down to Ames, um, and actually, in, when we wrestled, hum, Humboldt wrestled Fort Dodge, Wayne Cole, who was the heavyweight, excuse me, from Fort Dodge, I mean, a big kid, uh, I wrestled him that night, and I beat him. And he ended up coming to Iowa State, and I think he was second or third in the nation down there. But anyway, Harold Nichols was kept calling me. Well, I had a bad run on knees down there, so every time I'd get done with football, I usually had to go in and have my knees fixed. So Coach Nick was like, calls me one day, and he says, hey, we're kind of needing a heavyweight. Are you interested? And I said, well, I just, I had my knee fixed, and I don't know if the Coach Randall would let me. So the next day, he calls me back and says, Coach Randall said it'd be, it'd be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my way. Of, I said, well, I'll think about it. And now, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I would have went, but that's back when Bannocks were wrestling. Oh, my God, they were Ed Olympic Lou. champs yeah. and – and whatnot. So, so Dresser and you are fairly close to the same yep. age, right? Yeah. Steve and, Steve and Kevin are the same age. Okay. My younger brother, Steve, and Kevin and Ricky Sawyer that year, they all won the state. Okay. Uh, so it would have been like four years after, three years after. John Westfall didn't have you playing basketball? You know, he, that year, my senior year, he attempted to do that. <laughs> and I think that they saw me dribble and, and uh, they said, no. I don't you could have sure gone and knocked some people around, though. Yeah, that would have been kind of fun. Well, Mike Bunn, was, he was 6'6 six, six or 6'7. Six, the kid that they had, Charlie's boy. Yeah. Um, so, and they had, they had some good kids, Tom, Tom Law and Casey Albertson. And, and Jamie Lowley would have been yeah. a year in front of us. Played at Iowa State one year. So, yeah, yeah there's, they had, we had a lot of talent. So, so what's your prediction for the season? Where do you think we're, you know, we get to November, where do you think Iowa State football is going to be? Well, I guess all I hope is um, one game at a time that after we play you and I, we're 1-0, and <laughs> and we're all pretty happy. And, you know, I would give up a touchdown at the end of the game just to say, well, he beat a kid that, hasn't played for very long so we beat them but we have a lot to 
improve on. For me to go out and say uh, we're going to be twelve and one or we're going to be fourteen and zero, I don't, I don't play that. I don't. To be honest, I don't even know who they play other than I know it's you and I, and then it's uh, huh. Iowa. You going to Vegas? No. Well, <laughs> after I heard that uh, the Raiders instituted a, a I saw that. You know what? If I was a fan of the Raiders, I'd just say, you know what? I want my money back, and you guys can take that new stadium and go ahead and make payments on it for another year with nobody in it. Are they going to do that for the Iowa State game too? What? I don't know. So what's what was it, Bruce? They said you have to be vaccinated. You have to have your card and to, to get in, or they will card. vaccinate you on the spot and let you watch the game with a mask on. So, and they said there were several other teams that were contemplating that. I just don't know where we're going with this one, especially yeah. when you have, you know, you still go back to the numbers of, and I'm vaccinated because I have kids that, you yeah. know, you got to do it, Dad. So I'm <laughs> vaccinated. I'm not willingly, but I did it. But when you have 90 for young kids in the 90s um, that you're going to get through it, 90-some percent, and yet, we're getting vaccinated by something that's in the seventies, eighties. That's a whole nother podcast. I'm oh my afraid. God. I mean, yeah, I think we might get kicked out of YouTube now. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not against. <laughs> no, uh, I, I did mean, it, so yeah. I don't have he anybody is too. to blame. Yeah, I got vaccinated back in April, so I guess he's had COVID. Uh, I've had, had COVID. Had COVID like two Fourth of July's ago, so well, yeah. I'm just. It's I a just strange time. To, it, it's a strange, it. strange time to be a human being. That's I what get, I keep repeating. That's exactly right, and I just hope we and pray we get through this with, you know, with as little. But to be honest, I don't know where we end up or how we get to where we're going because we just every time you turn around, there's there was some now there's a Delta virus and now there's something else that's out there lurking in the closet. That, yeah. Um, at what point are we just going to say, you know what? It's time to suck it up, Buttercup. And if you get sick, it's like the flu. You're gonna um, live with it somehow. Live with it. We'll get through it and take care of yourself. So how is, I think social media has made this a lot worse too. So how would it have been for you playing with social media? I mean, do you, can you imagine having to go through fans talking crap about you on social media, or you know? People snapping pictures of you at a bar or whatever or in college. I mean, that's a different animal too. I I don't I can't even imagine that you know um, you have to you know I don't know I guess I just hope and pray that the the people are are smart enough and that's the other side of the game that you know you got a great season going on and all of a sudden somebody gets in trouble or somebody does something stupid and. So I think that coach, all coaches have to keep their thumb on the pulse of the what's going on. We need to make sure that so-and-so, that Reimers doesn't go do something stupid or whatever. <laughs> um, because it's you can bring kids from all over the country. Well, that kid that's used to being out in L.A., well, that's really not that big a deal. Well, it is a big deal yeah. here. Yeah. So don't do it. You know, and that's the... That's the thing where you try to get that mix, that that gel that, that everybody comes together, and you got this unbelievable team, and and you know those guys are babysitting seventeen, eighteen year old kids that uh, they're just getting to their point where they want to enjoy. Well, 
they're away from mom and dad. They're studying on their own. They're, and that's the other side of the, when you don't put the time in there. So, yeah, especially, it's a whole new animal. Especially add on being successful at Iowa State for like, you're like the first time we ever had like a star player and you can't go out and you have to stay home and not do anything. That's what Brees Hall and Purdy had to do last year. You're like, I don't know how the hell they did that. That's right. And, you know, you got to pat them on the back and say, you guys are the leaders. You guys are the, the guys, the glue that, that keeps this whole thing together. And you, you commend them for um, staying focused. And that's the point that everything, you know, because whether they walk out and take that first punch from you and I, you and I runs the length of the field on a kickoff, okay, now we got to go. So you just got to come back and, and and be ready. So I think it'll, it'll be an interesting season, and I hope we're up to the challenge, and I'm pretty sure we will be. Yeah. All right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Bruce. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, we, <laughs> we bounced around a lot. Yeah, no, we that was this. We just gonna we've tried to make this. Thomas has done a good job. <laughs> just trying to make this three guys sitting around BSing about Iowa State and yeah, we're, we're running out of humble, uh, local, humble local, connections, right? Yeah, local well, heroes. You know, I I don't know about anything about a hero, but I guess <laughs> I still believe that. You know, for me, when I watch kids that I especially around here, I'm not afraid to pick up the phone. And if somebody says, Hey, um, this kid, I I go watch him and, and whether it's football, wrestling, whatever. And then I have a nephew down in Kansas city that I think is going to be pretty, pretty good kid, but he's only a sophomore. So, uh, he's in the St. Joe area and he's pretty short, but man, can that kid run? (laughs) So I'm, I'm thinking, well, in a couple of years, if, if he plays decent, um, I'll, I'll make a phone call, but by the same token, you know, I just like to see kids stay local, stay in our state, uh, and nothing against wrestlers that go to Penn State or whatever. I don't, that, wherever, but I still like them here. I can cheer for them from Iowa. I don't like to, but I will, you know, um, and a UNI kid or whatever, but I don't like Nebraska. I'll be the first to tell you I'm not a Nebraska fan. I'm Keep them here. That's okay. Keep you're in the right welcome. place if you're not a Nebraska and, and, fan. And, you know, that's <laughs> just me. I um, And nothing against Nebraska, K-State, Minnesota. I enjoy them when they're playing, but I like Iowa. I, I like think, Iowa State. I think, Thomas, he needs to be on the Cyhawk one you're talking yeah. about doing. It'll be kind of fun. Yeah, we're uh, going to get Ron Harclaw on, Dallas on. and Trying, to get, trying to get an Iowa State versus Iowa yeah. podcast. You know, see if Dallas would be tough to, to uh, compete against because he was in the – Iowa glory days and never, you know, never with, beat Iowa State. Never beat Iowa State. I know. And <laughs> that was with me. When even early in Hayden Fry's career, I played five times. I was three and two. Now you look at uh Brady. He was Brady five Ross. and oh. Yeah. Brady Ross, yeah. yeah. I don't think we'll have him on just But I also remember a couple of those games was by the skin of their whatever too. So um if we put Brady Ross in this thing, I think we might break the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Well, yeah. you know what? I uh, haven't coached him in high school and watching the way the kid grew up and what an awesome kid. Yeah, he's a super mean, guy. He's just uh, yeah. uh, unbelievable. You know, and I, I think of Tyler right. Nielsen. Yeah. When we were playing uh, the year we won it, Tyler probably could have been an All American tight end. Right. Yeah. And he ends up 
coach, I'd rather, you know, I'll play guard. It's crazy. Okay. I remember watching Tyler in a film pull around, and he's running ahead of our running back, and he's pulling away from our running yeah. back. He's just stinking fast. Our guards are running. Our, yeah. You know. I mean, it's just like, okay. But that was the true definition of a team player. Correct. I yeah. don't really care. But yet, on defense, you knew where he was going to play. Sure. But he could have been a tight end, probably an All-American tight end, and I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so He's doing there, all right now. Though. Yeah. There, yeah, there's all <laughs> kinds of – we've had great kids. There's been awesome people that – and that's the point that for 20-some years I got to help, and we could have another deal on that, just the, the kids that you saw, yeah. we saw grow up yeah. and become men. So that was fun. Little League, and Little League Brady Ross, was a, we were in a scrimmage, and his dad and I were coaching against each other. Brady comes to home plate. Thomas is playing catcher. This is like fifth grade. And Brady trucks him. I mean, does a slide, puts his shoulder down. Thomas's feet come off the ground, and he rolls backwards and ends up against the backstop. That was our introduction to Brady back in the yep. day. Well, the kid never – there was the, no off switch. No, that's right. I think well, that, the NFL might need to call me on that after that, that one. <laughs> right, right. Well, right. I appreciate you inviting me. And, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun. My wife's going to say, so what would you talk about? A lot. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Yep, you thanks. bet. Thank you.